how awesome is our God, right? How wonderful, how merciful. If we're here because the mercies of the Lord are new every day. In spite of the news that we hear, in spite of the killing that are happening, you know, this is the time it was predicted that Christianity is going to be persecuted. And there is persecution all over, and we don't feel it in the United States as bad as it is happening all over this world. Get ready. We can be more persecuted because we stand for the Lord Jesus Christ. Are we going to stand? Amen. Let's hear a good yes. Amen. We are, and regardless, we are going to continue with our faith. We are not going to waver. And how merciful, how wonderful, how awesome is our God. He promised not to leave us nor forsake us. Amen. In spite of that, my question, can, can the believer in Christ be happy? Yes, no? Take a vote. I want to take a vote. Yes, yes. Okay. He can be happy. Okay. Praise God. And that's my message today. If you remember two weeks ago, it'll be the third Sunday today, I spoke about the minister who came and asked the wife of a citizen, he says, does Christ live in your home? And we, we, deci- we decided that if he is living in your home, there are three things that you will experience. Number one, he went into the house of Peter and healed his mother-in-law. Okay? And we decided that Peter, according to the word of God, was married, right? Okay. So here's a pope who's married. Anyway, we'll leave that alone. <laughs> uh, we believe the Bible. Uh, that's all. And, uh, and what happened? Immediately, there was healing in this house. She got up. She had a new hope. And I spoke about healing and hope. And uh, when it was 12.25, I said, Adol, quit before they start stoning you with uh, marshmallows. I, I had a third point. And when I was meditating, third point, he brings, we said, he brings healing, he brings hope, and he brings happiness. And today is the third point. Today is the third point. As I said at the very beginning, uh, regardless of what happens around us, we still have the joy. Because our joy, our happiness, does not depend on circumstances at all. As we go, we're going to see from the man who walks with God. So, if you will please turn your Bibles with me to Psalms chapter 1. You know it by heart, most of you. Psalms chapter 1. And if you have a different version than mine, you can put above or between parentheses by blessed, happy. How happy, how blessed 
or happy is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, which is the word of God. And in his law he meditates day and night, and he will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and in, what, in whatever he does, he prospers. May God bless his word. I left this so I know you are going to rejoice. One of the happy things that I like to share with you, uh, as we said earlier, we had a happy event. So congratulations, uh, Keith and Jacqueline. And I hope that we will see the day uh, by faith that when you get married and you build a house and the Lord will bless you. But most also things that bless my heart when I see someone get saved, especially of the young ones. You know, I love to hear the story of someone getting saved. And about uh, 10 days ago, here comes a young lady. I call her lady, you know. Uh, she's about 13 years old. And she came to me and said, Adol, guess what? I got saved. I said, great. When did you get saved? He, she said, 9-11. I said, what a date to remember. On 9-11, September 9-11. And who is that one? Cassandra Collins. Cassie, stand up there. I know. Isn't that beautiful? And uh, uh, I was there when she was being, when she was born. And I married, I did the wedding of her mom and dad. You can tell now how old as I'm, I am as old as Methuselah now. <laughs> uh, mothers and daughters and so on. May God bless them. And I hope you will grow to love Christ like your mom and dad and your sisters. And now we can say the whole Collins household are saved. Amen. Isn't that beautiful, Kimberly? Amen. Well, is it over? Is the message over? Does Christ live in your house? In your home? If you say yes, he brings happiness. Benjamin Franklin once said, the Constitution of the United States only gives people the right to pursue happiness. <laughs> Isn't that there? Those of you who uh, know something about the Constitution, I hope everyone would. But you have to catch happiness yourself. The writer of Psalm 1, as we read, does not attempt to define happiness. Though he says happy is, he illustrates it. It shows us that happiness is not in our circumstances. Do you agree with that? If you don't, I'm going to prove it to you. 
It is in ourselves. It is in our hearts. It's a glorious joy. And its source is Jesus Christ. Period. Happiness primarily concerns not the externals of life, the outside appearances, but the condition of our spiritual health and the degree of our intimacy with God. And where do we find it? Where do we find happiness? Well, today, this afternoon, I hope when I'm done, I'll be able to remind each and every one of you that to be happy is the only and best way to live. And to be happy is experiencing the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior. Happiness is a life pleasing to God. Blessed, he says, or happy, is the man, when we say man, okay, man or woman there, are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. That's what he says. They shall be satisfied. And you know, this is... These words are the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you want to find them, you'll find them in Matthew 5, 6. And all other, all other quests that you have lead to futility. Like the old preacher said, vanity is vanities. All is vanity. Some people think, If I follow the Ten Commandments and develop a countenance of piety, I become saintly and I will attain the level of happiness. Society, that is, you know, made of people, that's people, think if we slave to have a good time, We will be happy. But you know what happens to those who slave to have a good time? They become slaves to the good time. Period. Then afterwards, by trying to pursue some joy and happiness in their lives, by that that time they are tired. They are exhausted. They are depressed. They are disappointed that they could not reach that level of happiness and level of joy. They end up nervous and bored and seeking for some excitement to keep them still going and they crash and burn. They seek happiness, yes. But you know where they seek it? They seek it in the wrong places. And the best place to seek Happiness is to seek it in the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the source of happiness because he said, happy is the man who does not look after these things. 
Happiness is not in pleasure. Do we? I, I don't know whether you agree with me, but here it is. Lord Byron, if you studied, uh, you want, those who go to college or those who read history, Lord Byron lived a life of pleasure, if anyone did. He wrote, the worm, the canker, and the grief are mine alone. He couldn't find it there. It's not in money. And we know many people have the money, but not they are. They have no sense of what happiness is. Jay Gould, one of the American millionaires, and we have plenty of those, had plenty of that. When dying, look what he said. He said, I suppose I am the most miserable man on earth. Is happiness in possession? One of the many lords of England once said he enjoyed more than his share of, of, of money and possession and fame. He wrote, youth is a mistake. Manhood, a struggle. Old age is a regret. Couldn't find anything. And he couldn't find Jesus. Because he didn't want to. Is it in military glory? We, we, see, we see conquerors all over. If you studied at college about Alexander the Great who conquered the known world that time. And one day, one of his aides de camp, he entered in and he found him crying. He said, why are you weeping? Mon General, we know what he said? I'm weeping because there are no more worlds to conquer. Someone said the unhappiest people in the world are those who can pay the price of everything and get nothing in return. And this is why in our day-to-day life, we meet people and we call them grumpy. We, have you met some grumpy people? And people who uh, criticize you, whatever. Okay, You sit with someone, this I don't like, this I like. And uh, there's, there's, I read a, a story about a, a minister of God uh, went into a, a, a secluded restaurant in a country, nice restaurant, and he met a couple there and they said, hey, come and join us. Let's have lunch together. He sat down and uh, he introduced himself. And after the introduction, the man said, uh, the minister asked him, what do you do? He said, I'm a lawyer. I'm a lawyer. Okay. That was a good lawyer, Dave. And uh, his wife, he said, my wife is in manufacturing. I said, okay, great. He says, professional people. They sat to eat and the wife started. Oh, this is. This is a stuffy place. She didn't like the table. She complained about the napkins. She complained about the atmosphere. And then the waiter came. She complained about the waiter. Then the, then lunch came. She complained about the lunch and she didn't like anything, though everything was right. Then the minister said, wow, we sat here. It's complaining all the time. And he asked the man, he said, I know you're a lawyer, but you said your wife is in manufacturing. May I ask, in what branch of manufacturing is she? 
the man was up to here, right? The honor. He said, you know what? She manufactures unhappiness. <laughs> Have you met some of these people? The truth of the matter is that happiness can be gained only by those who live by God's principles. If you have God's principle, you will be thankful for everything in front of you. You will be a happy camper. How many times says, how are you? I'm a happy camper. You know what? I am a happy camper. I can tell you that. And you know, if you ever see my face like this, Adol has a problem. You can read my face and praise God. This, not because I am I'm happy by nature. No, because I'm happy by my new birth in Jesus Christ. When he entered my life, I was the most depressed guy before Jesus Christ. But when he entered my life, I experienced true happiness. And I never looked back. It's been 54 years. I used to say 50-50. The other day the Lord corrected me. So wait a minute. You get, you get uh, uh, saved in 1957. And how old would, would that be? Oh, I made a mistake. It's more, right? It's 56 maybe. Okay. I, I've, been, I've never looked back because I have been. I've gone through a lot in life. There are times when we are sad, there are times when we are uh, uh, not happy the way it is. But within you, once you have the Lord Jesus Christ inside you, you can never get happy because he gives you hope. And he tells you, tomorrow is another day. And the happiness no one can take away from you. This is... People say, where is happiness? Look around us. Look what we're hearing. Look what Dean shared with us this morning. Look what yesterday happened in Kenya. Look what's happening everywhere. And it's against Christianity. It's against everything that is right and good and happy. But you know, that should not take away the joy from our hearts. Because the joy in our hearts has been placed by the Lord Jesus Christ. And no one can take that away from you. That's the true happiness. True happiness is living a life that is pleasing to God. And I want to address my friends who do not have this happiness. You, will ex- you won't have it until you experience That as a sinner, you came to Jesus Christ on a certain moment, at a certain time. It could be today. And say, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I give you my life. He will enter your heart. He will chase out completely and rebukes everything that's been disturbing you. And puts in your heart that joy that you cannot explain. You will be going and smiling and jumping all over the world. And no one can take it away from you. That's true happiness. And where can we find it? As I said, it can be found in the Word of God. In the Bible, period and all. Happy. Happy is the man. And you know what? When you say, a blessed is the man... 
You know, it sounds like a, 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 a word of thankfulness. You smell an aroma from it. I mean, blessed is the man. Don't you smell the aroma? Smell it. It's aroma of joy and gratitude. Because I am not happy by nature. I am happy because Jesus Christ made me happy. And you know, Jesus came into this world to save the, the hopeless, the helpless. These people who have no joy in life. The sad people. Each and every one. He came into this world not to... What, what, what did the, what did the um, angel say? I, I am telling you something that the story of joy. I am declaring to you. A story of joy. Jesus Christ came to this world. He came. He came to give joy to each and every sad heart. If you're sad this morning, this afternoon now. If you are depressed. If you have problems. If you are worried. If you're living in fear. Whatever your situation is. Jesus Christ is here waiting to, for you to open your heart. If your household is in shambles, if your husband is, uh, you're not on good terms together, Jesus promised that I am here. He will enter your heart and put peace and joy and true happiness in your life. Just come to him. Let's throw, let's throw our, uh, our family uh, history aside. Let's throw pride aside. Let's put everything aside and let's look at ourselves. What are we? Bunch of sinners, right? I'm the first one. I'm not preaching to you. A bunch of sinners. But we can say, hallelujah, we're saved by grace. At a certain time, I, am, I was a sinner, period. Nothing behind it. But when I met Jesus Christ, I became sinner saved by grace. He did not change the first word, sinner. But, you know, he gave us titles. He said, we become saints. You know, when Jesus comes into your life, you become a saint. Not this guy that he wants uh, to uh, uh, follow the Ten Commandments, which no one can follow. No one can follow the Ten Commandments. Right? We all fall and falters. And we try to follow the Word of God. But thank God for His grace that saved us, that maintains us, and that opens the door to heaven to welcome us when we get there. That's God. That's Jesus. Jesus will enter your heart. Will enter your house. The fighting will stop. The sadness will stop. And happiness will reign in. Happiness is not in associations. You know what he says here. Okay, he does not be in the, or the counsel of wicked. In other words, he has, the man of God has disassociated himself with wickedness, with this world. Not, not, I'm asked, not, no, he doesn't say you become monks and go live on top of the mountain. No, no, not at all. No, no, no. Don't get me wrong. Uh, he says disassociation from evil. From sin. From whatever. You know the Bible says is sin. 
and then associate yourself with the word of God. And in the law of God, he says, in the law of God is what? His delight. You delight what? In the word of God. That's the law of God. You delight yourself. And that's why he says, happy is that man. Would you like to be happy? Would you like to experience true happiness? This is the invitation today from the Lord himself. If you like to be, to enjoy true happiness, you be like that man. Open your heart. Don't walk anymore in the counsel of the wicked. Don't, don't even sit there. Don't approach there. Don't go to that society. Don't go to your friends of old. But they are good friends. They are wonderful friends. And they, I spent all, all, ten years. Do I drop them? What did they offer you for ten years? Except a life of sin. You became a loser at the end. But when you took Jesus, you became a winner. And you know true happiness. Yes, disassociate yourself and associate yourself with the children of God. You know what the Bible says about them? These are the noble that my heart delights in them. Do you know that you are noble people here? Don't look down at yourself. These are the noble people that God said they are the noblest of nobles. It's not with all the respect, the Queen Victoria and the Queens and the Princes and the, okay, they are nobles. My respect to them all. But you know what? Jesus respects the littlest saint as the most noble person under the sun. Are you happy? You have to know your stand that Jesus Christ has given you and appreciate it altogether. And you know, Happiness is, has a good future. God gives you happiness. And you know, can you imagine the um, wife of Peter? We don't have a name for her. So we say it's Peter's wife. Uh, Peter, uh, Peter's mother-in-law, sorry. Peter's mother-in-law. They don't, they, he didn't give her a name. But do you think she was, she, she got up? And started serving the Lord Jesus Christ in her household uh, with face like this. Uh, what are you doing here, Jesus Lord? No. What else can I do? What kind of food you like? How can I offer you? And she was, what was that? The sign of joy and happiness in her heart. This is when he entered the house. This is when he healed her. He give, gave her hope. She's, she believes the future. And most of all, she is the happiest woman there. And you know what? And she, he has secured her future. You know what he says about the person who disassociates himself with, with this wicked world? You know what the Bible says? What he is, he will be like? Uh, he'll be like, he says, a tree firmly, firmly planted by the streams of water. Well, he is likened a tree purposely, purposely planted by irrigation canals. So you can turn the waters. And the tree, what does it do when it, when it rings the water? The word of God. 
When he meditates day and night on the word of God, that, do you read your Bible? I talked to the teenager, I said, when I talked to them, how are you? Fine. Are you reading your Bible? Yes. But there are some honest people, you know what they tell me? Every now and then. I said, read it every day. Because this is the irrigation. This is the water. The word of God waters your life. The word of God makes your life grow more and more. And keeps the foliage green. And guess what? And gives fruits. It'll be the future. You bring fruit. You bring fruit and more fruit to the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and prosperity. You know, you, you pass by a fruit tree and it has beautiful fruits. Don't you like to pick one and say, I wish I can take it home. But you know, I don't want to steal. Though sometimes we're tempted. But this is what, what guarantees, God guarantees a future happiness for you and your household. It's a gift of God. And it doesn't end with your life here on earth. It follows you. Till you reach eternity. And eternity is happiness. You have reached there. And I would like to say. And I said it before. If you're looking for happiness. It's in Christ alone. Take him as savior today. Accept him as your savior. And you know. Happiness has a, a word. Or that goes with it. You know. Contentment. Contentment. Some people have translated happiness as, as a contentment. But I couldn't find it in the dictionary. And uh, uh, the story of Fanny Crosby. I told you uh, the story two weeks ago about her. How he wrote that. She wrote that. And I shall see him face to face. And she saw at the age of 95. Her eyes were opened. And she saw. Well, she's one of America's favorite writers of gospel music. She was blinded, as we said, uh, two weeks ago at the age of six by an incorrect solution a doctor has prescribed for her eyes. She had some inflammation in her eyes and they couldn't fix it. But, you know, after she became blind and started growing up, she, uh, her attitude uh, was always positive and she was happy in her Savior. So, as a result, her lifetime of writing uplifting music reached 600 songs or hymns. And we sang, we sing many of them. On her first poem, you didn't know that, she expressed remarkable wisdom at an age of eight years. Eight years. And she wrote this. What a happy child I am, although I cannot see. I am resolved that in this world, contented, I will be. This is not in a hymn, but in her, the, the, her uh, history, her life history. You know what Charles Persian said? It's not how much we have, but how much we enjoy that makes happiness. Are you contented? Bill Gothard, who is known, who came to the Bay Area many times, he said, contentment is realizing that God 
has already provided everything we need for our present happiness. Contentment is what you have and how much more do I get? No. Contentment is I am satisfied of what God has given me. Are you contented in your job? I'm not telling you not to go to work and be contented there. No, 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 no. Don't get me wrong. You go to work. If you have to get up at 4, get up at 4. I used to do that. At 4.40. And I used to work hard. And go and work hard all day long. And come back late. And come back. Sometimes I used to work all night through at times. But this is what God. When you do your best, God will do the rest. I was contented. I was content. And I am content. Be ye content while you do your best in life. Be you content in your job. Be you content in your church. Be you content where God has placed you. Be you content in your house. Be you content with anyone, anything that God has given you. Don't be like Mrs. Lot. You know Mrs. Lot? Anybody knows about Mrs. Lot? He said, Lot, my, my darling, I don't want to be the neighbor anymore of, 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 that's, of Abraham. Abraham worships the Lord too much. He goes to church too much, right? I want to go somewhere else. He said, but you know, there's no one except my uncle and I in this whole vast universe. What do you want? He said, do you, do you look, look down there. There's the city. There are lights. There are entertainments. There, there's something that we need to get our daughters to get, to, to get used to. I mean, we're here. We're, we're becoming like, like in the country. Let's go down there. Mr. Lot went with her. She went down there. Let me ask you, was he like a tree planted by the rivers, by waters? Did he give fruit there? Ah, he was not content to be up there. He was not content where God has blessed him. Let's change. We need a house somewhere else. We need a bigger house. We need a larger house. We need a house on the hill. And the house on the hill, uh, you can never tell when you will have a torrential rain and that house will go with the hill itself. You need a house where God lives in it. You need to be where God wants you to be. You need to be in the job where God placed you. And don't complain if it's too much. Don't complain if it's too, too hard. Don't complain if it's, the hours are too long. You know what? You should complain about sin. And don't complain about the blessings. Your job is a blessing. Your, your going to school is a blessing. Your house is a blessing. Where God placed you is a blessing. Your church is a blessing. And that's contentment that leads to happiness. Are you happy? Are we happy? I hope so. I end with this story. Before that, Ben Franklin said, Content makes poor men rich. Discontent makes rich men poor. Lot had everything. He even, he even reached the point where he was losing his daughters. And guess what? He lost his wife. He lost everything. And the Lord saved him. And he ended up living in a cave. Because he was not content with being on top of the mountain with his uncle. Worshipping God. Freely. 
The Bible says, be content with what you have, right? Hebrews 13, 5. Be content with what you have. For he himself said, I will never leave you, nor will I ever forsake you. And to me, that's happiness. To know I'm walking with him. A story is told about a rich industrialist, a man known, a CEO, disturbed. He was disturbed to find a fisherman sitting idly by his boat, enjoying his life. The, the fisherman was sitting by the boat, enjoying his life and humming few songs. And he was disturbed. The guy was a hardworking guy. And he says, why aren't you there fishing? Because I've caught enough fish today. I am content with what I caught. And now I want to sit down and enjoy my life. Uh, didn't sit well with the rich man. He said, why then don't you catch more fish than you need? Well, what would I do with them? Well, you could earn more money and buy a better boat. So you could go deeper and catch more fish. You could purchase nylon nets, catch even more fish, and make more money. Soon, you'd have a fleet of boats and be rich like me. Then, what would I do as the fisherman? And then... You could sit down, he asked him, and enjoy life afterwards. You know what was the answer of the fisherman? What do you think I'm doing now? <laughs> what do you think I'm doing now? <laughs> I said, why should I worry about all this? I am content with what I have. I will sell those fish and come back and the next day, and this is how I enjoy life. I am Okay, you might say, well, he should have been more aggressive. Or if I should have done more, then he would have lost the joy of life. He loves it this way. And he is well happy. Yeah, and that's what we're doing. Take time. Take time to enjoy life. Take time to smell the roses. Life is not all. Work, work, work. Take time. To come to church. Take time. To give God. His due. From your time. I'm not talking about money. From your time. And don't say one, one hour is enough. He gave you 56 hours a week. What do you think you should give him? How many hours? Is three hours okay? Is four hours okay? That's how much we give him. We come to church. Sunday, we come to church sometimes Monday, we come to church Wednesday, we come to church Sunday. Four times, four hours, four and a half, five hours. Enjoy life the right way. The man was content and happy. Those who are hungry for pleasure become disenchanted and bored. Those who are hungry for possessions surrender the keys at the end of the journey. When death knocks on the door. These are the keys. All my possessions are not mine. Those who lust for power. Even if they gain it. Are robbed 
of all their power when, as we say, their number is up. But those who are living for Jesus, content and rejoicing, having true happiness in their lives, will be fully satisfied. Their happiness in real is real and always shows. Not once, but again and again and again because Jesus lives in their heart. Do you have Jesus in your heart? You cannot go out and say, today I am going to be happy. There should be a source of that happiness. It's not, uh, I wish, I wish there is a, if a shot, we can, we can shoot you, Dave, with a happiness so you can be happy. You're always happy. Thank God. Okay? There is no shot for happiness. There's no, uh, a doctor that can prescribe happiness. There's no one that can give you that contented life with Jesus Christ except Jesus Christ. He will take your sins. He, what, he, what, he will do an exchange. We heard that last Sunday. He will do a great exchange. He will take your life, old life, all your sins. He gathers them and throws them in the deep seas and gives you his life. If God's life is not sufficient for you, I don't know. I don't know what will be sufficient. He is going to give you his spirit to live in you and to give you true happiness and true life. Your house will be different. Your wife will be different. You will be different. And you will live a life worthy of his calling. Would you take him home with you today? Let's bow our heads for prayers. Our Father, we are thankful that you have given us this opportunity to meditate on your word. Speak to our heart. Help us, Lord, to appreciate, be content, that true happiness, the true joy that is in our lives. We are truly blessed. Blessed is the man. May you make more people blessed this morning, this afternoon. And change heart, change homes, change lives. And help these people who are not yet saved to come to you, give you their lives, and start experiencing the true happiness that you give in the Lord Jesus Christ. For in his name we ask and pray. Amen.